Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're going to be talking about college options and trades. So, Leanne, for your college experience, what was it like? So, I remember it starting around, I'd say, really started around uh, junior year of high school because that's when, you know, you took SAT, started taking SATs and touring uh, schools. And I think at that point, I pretty much knew I was going to a traditional four-year college. It was never really a question. What about you? Did you ever consider something else? Honestly, no. I knew that kind of like the expectation in my family was to go to a four-year university. And I feel like with the friend group that I was in, it was very much expected like everybody's going to go to college. We're all going to go and get a degree. And so I don't think I ever really considered other options Although now looking back, I kind of wish that I would have. I think it was interesting, too, because I feel like at least with the trades, like our high school had a vocational high school attached. So it was kind of I feel like it's like if you were going to go into the trades, that decision would have been made when you were going into high school. So I feel like those of us who went to the traditional high school just never really considered trades as an option. Or at least that's how I feel like how I interpreted it. Yeah, I know for us, we had the community college, like a local community college, and you could go there for part of the day if you wanted to do more like hands-on trades type of stuff. We also had a couple of classes that were similar, like we had home ec, we had, you know, like wood shop, but it wasn't really pushed towards a lot of kids, especially if you were like in the AP or honors track, just because... I think that they just assumed that all of us were going to go to college. And so they never really pushed it towards us. Like, I don't even remember being talked to about it at all. And so I think also a part of that is because if you decided to do the option where you'd be going to the community college and taking classes over there, you'd have to block out a certain amount of time in your day. And I think that that kind of uh, didn't work with some of the classes that were offered for like AP and honors. Yeah, because I remember we'd have guidance classes where they'd talk you through the college application process. And I feel like maybe they like sometimes would talk about, you know, oh, you can go to a community college. But I don't really remember them talking about, oh, when you're graduated, you could go to trade school or something instead. Yeah, I think a lot of that, too, is because they figured that or at least for us, I feel like they figured that any kids who are interested in the trades would have already gone and started taking classes like at that community college. And so I think that if you came in with a whole bunch of, you know, other classes, that they kind of just assumed that you were going the four-year traditional college route. That makes sense. I think, I don't, because it's been a little bit since we were in high school. I wonder if it's changed, like they've kind of made it a more well-balanced kind of presenting the options to people? I feel like they probably have, especially because I look at the school that I'm teaching in right now, and I know that they do a pretty good job about making sure that you know that the trades are an option, or at least from what I've seen, I feel like they do because they have like trade shows where it's like you'll go and kind of explore the trades from what I can tell. That's what it is anyway. And I know that they have like a group of kids who go and do that. So I feel like because the cost of college has gotten so high, I feel like it's 
more typical for kids nowadays to look at the trades as an option, especially kids who are like, I don't want a desk job for the rest of my life. Because that was my big fear Um, (laughs) going into college. I was like, I just really don't want to get a desk job for the rest of my life. I feel like that'd be so boring. And so and that was just personal preference. I think it's also because like I'm not somebody who likes to sit for long periods of time. It really bugs me. And so that was something that I uh, knew going into college. So have you noticed, because I know you're teaching in high school now, have you noticed more kids being interested in trades than, say, when we were in high school and thinking about it? I feel like, yes, to an extent. I feel like there's not a ton of kids who are interested in trades. Like, there's still, I'd say, the majority looking at that four-year track for college. I know when I asked my classes a while back, I asked them, oh, hey, you know, like, what are you all planning on doing after graduation? Like, I know that I have some juniors and seniors. And so what are you all planning on doing? And a lot of them did say that they were planning on going the four-year traditional university route. But what's interesting is some of my students are looking at the trades. And so I find that interesting because like when I was in school and I feel like when you were in school too, I don't know how it was for you, but I know for us, it was like if you were tracked into AP and honors courses, most people did not look at the trades as an option. Yeah, I don't think we really consider it. Obviously, I can only speak for like myself, but it seems like from the people that I know, pretty much everyone just went to college, four-year college too, because I think, again, it could be because I was in, you know, the AP honors classes where no one even really talked about community college. Like it was kind of like, oh yeah, you can save money by going to community college, but like in a way, it was, I felt like it was almost like this kind of stigma where it's like, but I'm too smart for that. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of had a similar experience, which I look back at that and I feel like that's not, I don't know. I feel like that's not the best thing because honestly, if you can go to community college and knock out all of your gen eds before going to a bigger four-year university, you'll save so much money by doing that. And I think that that's something that people just don't realize. And also community college does offer some really strong degrees too, even just associates degrees. Like I know there's ones that are like in the medical fields that you're able to help like with dentists or with people within the medical profession. And, you know, they make good salaries. Like they make more than I would be making as a teacher. And so I look at that and they have some really great options. So I think that that idea that community college is not for people who are really smart is outdated. I think that with the price of, you know, higher education and how it's going up like every single year that more people are kind of thinking about community college, whether it is as kind of like the end plan to get an associate's degree in, you know, one of the fields you mentioned, or if it's the place to get their gen eds done, because why spend a lot of money at, you know, the traditional four-year schools just to get your gen eds done? Like it's not even classes for your major. So I feel like it makes more sense financially to just get them done somewhere that's less expensive. Because I feel like just in general, every version of college is getting more expensive. Yeah. And I think Oh my gosh. So I remember when I was in high school, I was listening to the radio on my way into school. And, you know, this was like back in, I don't know, like 2010s, 2014, something around there. And so 
I remember hearing on the radio them talking about the rising price of college. And they were saying if you had a kid born today, it would cost $300,000 for one year of college when they go to college. And I remember thinking about that and I was like, I would never be able to afford to have kids. I just couldn't. And so I was just shocked that that's how much it would be. But, you know, I do look at it and I look at the price of four-year universities and even in some of the things that I've seen in like emails and online, I've seen where the ticket price for some of these universities is like $75,000. And it's not like it's a Harvard, Yale, Princeton. It's like, you know, University of Kentucky, which don't quote me, I'm not positive that it was exactly University of Kentucky. But like, it was, you know, a more, more of like a state school that's a pretty solid state school, but it's not one of the like top tier universities that you would think of when you think of like the top tier universities. And I just remember being so shocked that it was that expensive. Cause like when we went, if a college was $40,000, that was a pretty expensive university. And so I just remember being shocked that in such a little amount of time, it's gone up so much. Yeah. I think that the ones that I were look was looking at or a lot of the schools I was looking at were in like the fifties or sixties. And that was again, you know, five something years ago. And I remember at the time I had also applied to a couple of state schools and the idea is like, it's still a good school. Like they've, you know, they do fine. But the idea is that, oh, you can go here and you can save a little money. But I think kind of a misconception is it's just because you're saving money, it doesn't mean that state schools are cheap. Like they're still pricey. And I know like going to school where I did or growing up where I did in my home state, it was like you could go out of state and it'd be just as expensive as in-state because our in-state, they would be just pretty expensive colleges and universities. And a lot of the times they wouldn't offer scholarships or at least for those ones that were a little bit more like upper tier, they wouldn't offer scholarships. And I remember because my brother chose to go to a state school, I remember that his school was just as expensive as mine out of state. And I thought that that was crazy because you would think being in state would help you save some tuition. But the area that I grew up in, no. But Leon, for your college experience, overall, do you think you were happy with that decision or would you change anything about it? How do you feel about it? I think it's one of those things where, let's say I had like a blank check for it. I probably would go somewhere else. But like given the like actual reality of it, I think it was the best decision to make just because I decided to go to a state school that was primarily a commuter school. So I lived at home, saved money there. And then I also got a couple couple scholarships there for like tuition. And so just in my head, it's like I couldn't really justify going to a private out-of-state school and spending that much more money just because by going to the in-state school – I was able to do things like study abroad and also have like minimal to no debt at this point where I feel like a lot of kids who went to private schools, either they're in debt because of it or their parents are still paying it off for them. And I think I wouldn't really change it just because I don't want to deal with the debt. And also as like as a whole, like the school was a little bit of a struggle in terms of like social life. And 
I didn't really make any friends there, but I feel like the professors were really good. Um, I can only really speak about my program, but the professors were really good. So I feel like that's kind of what matters. So I was happy with that. Definitely. What about yours? I think that overall, I think if I had to do it again, I don't think I would go to the same place. I think that my values have changed a little bit and my views have changed a little bit on education. Um, And so I don't think I would necessarily go to the same place again. And I think part of it too is because I didn't realize to the full extent the sort of reputation that my school had because I know that after I graduated and even when I was there, there were, when I was there, there were a couple instances of like, I would say like racist crimes, like people writing rude things on the bathrooms, like stuff like that. And then I know after I left, there was one or two really big events, especially with like the Black Lives Matter movement. There was something that a professor said that I do not agree with at all. And he's still part of their staff there. And so I think just because of that, I would pick somewhere else just because I look at that and that's not a place that I want to be associated with. If they're condoning racist behavior or just letting it slide, I think that that's not something that I'd like to be associated with. So like I said, if I could pick somewhere else, I probably would have now knowing what I know. But in terms of like the education that I got there, the education itself was really good. My professors were fantastic. I'm still in touch with two of the professors from my program. And I got some good scholarship money to go there. The main reason why I chose to go there is because they were really well ranked for their education program and for study abroad. And so I went there for those reasons. And in regards to that, I don't regret it. But in regards to social accountability, I do. Yeah, I think in my situation, I got in somewhere else that I really wanted to go. And we, you know, we petitioned for, you know, reconsideration for more aid and stuff. And it was a private school. So I didn't get like the extra aid money. And it was kind of just like, at that point, it was decision between two different state schools. And it's just, I feel like a lot of people can kind of relate to this, but it really was a money decision. Like, which I think is kind of, I don't know, like if it's a lesson, but a good thing to to think about is like that school that I went to wasn't like, I wouldn't say is my top school that I wanted to go to, but for people, you know, applying to college and trying to think of where to go, it's like, just because you know, you may choose a different school because of the financial benefits that it's like you can still have a good experience there and you can still get a good education and to just kind of, I guess, kind of just be open to the school, even if it's not like your top choice. Yeah. And something that I have to say, too, is regarding education and the difficulty of your classes, I think that you have good professors at the vast majority of universities because your professors have to study for so long. Like most of them are PhD holders. So no matter where you go, for the most part, you'll have pretty well qualified people. So don't let the reputation of a school be your deciding factor. Think about how it's going to impact yourself like long-term, for example, like financially And also just think about the long term, like how does this align with your goals? Because once you do get into debt, like I know I still have a couple of friends who are really struggling to pay off college debt. You know, I have some friends who have gone on and furthered their education and 
the debt is really no joke. So just think about that. I know that some of our listeners out there, you might be young and you might be thinking about going and applying to colleges. And that's just my biggest takeaway for you is just think about going to a school that maybe the reputation is not as great, but it'll help you save money just because that'll help set you up for success later in life. I totally agree with that. I think one of the things I struggled with when I was choosing where to go was this. And again, it could be because I was in a very academically like high achieving group. Um, but and it this could also be kind of like a vision that I made up myself of like, you know, that thing where like you're 18 and be like, everybody's thinking about where I go. So like they're going to judge where I go. But, you know, I feel like if you are that age, you probably are going to be in that mindset. But I remember there there was this kind of stigma against even like state schools in a way where it's like private institutions are, you know, more rigorous, more elite. Like you were saying, like they have a better reputation, which I feel like isn't. I mean, it's true that they have those things, but it isn't true that state schools don't have them. And I remember that it's like when I was looking at a lot of people in my classes, they were going to these types of schools. And I remember kind of thinking about like, oh, like, are people going to think I'm dumb because I didn't? And so it's like to just kind of ignore that and just you have to pick the right like the right school based on finances and the program that you want and to try and ignore the other noise because it's just gonna you don't want to end up in a ton of debt just because you're worried that people will like judge you for going to a different school yeah I think that that's very true so I think one thing we could consider in this discussion because we have already gone through that college process and you know understand a little bit about you know the the trade-offs between price, program, um, and stuff like that is I think a lot of people come out of college and realize that their bachelor's degree isn't really going to get them where they need to go. And now we're faced with the decision of like, do we go on to pursue a graduate degree, you know, PhD, something like that, and the additional costs that come with that. And it's like, what are your thoughts about, you know, going beyond a bachelor's? So personally, if you choose to go beyond a bachelor's, I would say, again, finances are a really big part of that decision. You want to think about what is your return on investment. So if you're, for example, spending $30,000 to do a, ma- do a master's degree program, you want to really think about, okay, is my salary that I'm going to get the difference between what I would get with my bachelor's and my master's am I going to be able to recuperate what I've invested? Because if the answer is no, you shouldn't do it. And I know that that might be kind of a hot take for some people, but like it makes financial sense. You know, you don't want to set yourself up to go and get this master's and then have it so that it all it got for you was more debt. And so that's really something to think about when you're going and looking is research the jobs that you think you would want, research the salaries, see what education you need for it before you make that decision. Kind of along that note is don't get a master's just because you're feeling the pressure of like, let's say everyone in your friend group getting one or 
like I feel like there is this kind of societal message where it's like your bachelor's isn't good enough so go get a master's but it's like I think you really have to think like you were saying about what profession or career or whatever you want to do because I know I heard someone told me once in their profession some people went on and got a higher degree and then for a really long time all the money that they got from the pay increase went to paying off the loans so it's like they didn't even see that money for years yeah and that's something to really consider is like how many years is it going to be before you would see that money going into your pocket like for example I know that I was thinking about getting my master's for something related in education. And at my old school that I was teaching at, it would have taken me over 20 years to pay it off. And I looked at that and I felt like that was not a good return on investment. And so that's why I chose not to do it. And so that's something that you really do want to consider is, you know, how long is it going to take for me to be able to pay this off? And also, Just make sure that you're not getting a master's because you don't know what you want to do in life. That's something that's going to ultimately just, in my opinion, for the most part, I feel like that would probably hurt you in the long run. I mean, ultimately, what you do is your decision. And what we're saying is just opinions. But make sure that it correlates to where you want to be in life. And honestly, if you want to go and join the workforce for a couple of years and then go back for your master's, do it. I feel like most people find that it's easiest to go right after school, though, if they are serious about getting their master's, because a lot of people afterwards, you know, start getting married, having families, so on and so forth. And once you have a family, it can be really difficult to go back and further your education. But if you want to wait a little bit, you know, earn some money using your bachelor's degree and then go back for a master's, you can do that, too. If that's what's going to help you be financially stable, try it out. I know that my mom, she tried to go back and further her education. And I remember that she did that when we were in, I believe it was like middle school. And I know that it was really hard for her because she was working at the time, trying to make sure all the kids were on top of all of our schoolwork. And then also trying to take classes for herself. And I know that she took a couple classes, but wasn't able to complete everything that she wanted to do just because it was really hard to kind of balance all of those things. So think about that when you're thinking about your grand scheme of things. I think something to also consider is let's say you are working already in the field that you want to be in is consider employer contributions because I know a lot of places will either pay for it in full or at least pay up a portion of your tuition. And I feel like that is a benefit like if you worked first is that you might be able to get that type of arrangement and that's another way to save money. Yeah, for all my future educators out there, some schools do that, which is pretty shocking to me. Not all, but some do. Um, And so if you're interviewing at a school, ask them and see if they would contribute any money towards you getting your master's. So I have a question about your school because I know, or at least I'm pretty sure like here – You eventually, like if you're teaching, you eventually have to get your master's. Are you required to where you teach? I don't believe so. I don't think we're required to in the state where I'm at now. But I know when I was teaching in Kentucky, I think the expectation was to get your master's within the first five years of teaching. Yeah, because I don't really remember. So, you know, you'd have to 
Anne Wilson would have to fact check and look this up themselves. But I remember when as an elementary school, one of my teachers was working on his master's. And I think it's kind of like where you were in Kentucky, where it's like you don't have to have your master's to start teaching, but it's kind of this expectation, which I don't know if it's like officially a rule or if it's just one of those kind of societal things where you would be getting your master's at some point. So that's, I think, another thing to consider. Yeah, for something like that, it really depends on a state by state basis. So you'd really want to check your states. And also, if you're somebody who's planning on going into education, be sure to check and see with with whatever program you're choosing to study. Check and see how many states you can be certified in. Because I know that the program that I did, I think I was certified in like 40 of the 50 states. Um, Obviously, you'd have to double check and like apply for licensure and whatnot. But that was a big factor in choosing where I went to college is because I knew that I wanted to go somewhere where I'd be certified in the vast majority of states in case I ever ended up moving. What would you have to do then if you were ended up in one of those other 10 states? Was like, What's the difference between the certification thing and the like licensure tests stuff? Well, if you ended up in one of those other states... Each state has a different process for transferring your license over. So for some states, you might need to take a test. For some states, you might need to do something else, like maybe some continuing ed, so on and so forth. Like I know when I got my license, it was not in Kentucky originally, and then I moved to Kentucky, and I had to take two praxis tests, which honestly, those weren't even that bad. I thought that they would be a lot worse, but it just kind of depends on the state. I was just wondering, like, since this is – I feel like a lot of this conversation is about, like, you know, finances and stuff. Are there additional costs associated with that? Yes. So if you're going and taking tests, like, the Praxis tests are used in a lot of the states. Those run, I want to say, like, 100 to 200 bucks a test. So you'd have to take those tests to get your certification. And then there's also costs to apply for licensure. So it does get pretty costly if you're bopping about from state to state and getting licenses in various different states. So that's just something to keep in mind. Plus, that's not even to mention that your retirement money doesn't follow you. They really want teachers to be in one place and stay in one place for a long time. And I don't know if that's something that's going to change in our lifetimes, but it is something that you see a lot where it's really difficult to transfer retirement funds from one place to another and there's like restrictions on you have to wait so many years or you have to be teaching in the state for so many years to access those funds. So to get into like the nitty-gritty of everything of kind of what fees and costs might look like for each thing versus what you're going to be earning, um, for the trades typically from what I found the average price will be about $33,000 for all your education And your average starting salary will vary depending on what you go into. So, for example, like a carpenter could be making around $48,000, whereas an air traffic controller could be making like $122,000. But they did say that there were less people in the trade as time went on, like people would go and do other things or report less job satisfaction. But they did say it was 
the source that I found did say that it was really nice in terms of having a pretty immediate cash flow just because it doesn't take as long as the traditional college or university. I think that's something to consider too is where, you know, maybe you do want to go to a typical four-year university, but let's say you are also interested in this, you know, in a trade, whereas I think you could think about, you know, do I like this enough to want to do it as a job? And then if the answer is like, yes, then you might be better off, you know, at least trying that out just because of the, like you're saying, like the return on investment for it seems to be a lot better than like starting salaries. I know starting salaries for jobs that I were I was looking at were about 10, 12 grand below the 48,000. And that's for someone with a four year degree. Yeah. I know like my starting salary as a teacher was below 40,000. Um, and so I look at that and I'm like, wow, I could be making significantly more if I went into the trades versus education. And so it makes you wonder because you do have to invest so much in your education going to school for four years because $33,000 for all of your education for trades, based on what I found, that's pretty much like one year of college. So if you're doing your traditional four years, you're going to have four times the amount of debt. And also, I know this because I've been like on a job hunt recently because I'm currently working part time. But um, the other day, I thought it was kind of funny because I was looking at a job that required a college degree and the starting salary, if you had like one to three years of experience, was $12 an hour. And then if you had maybe three or more years of experience, it was about 14. And then if you had a master's, it was $17 an hour. And it just made me laugh because I was like, do you know how much debt people who went to college are in? Like most people who have gone to college cannot afford to work a job like that. Most people need a slightly higher hourly salary in order to be able to pay off their college loans, to be able to make that investment worth it. And so to me, I... I'm not going to, I was kind of offended, honestly. I was like, you're really going to ask a college graduate to work for this much money? Because to give you context, if you work in a grocery store in the area that I'm at, you get $14 an hour. And so, and that's, you know, something that doesn't require continuing education. And so I was just shocked that that's what they were offering for someone with a college degree. I think that's something that shocked me too when after, you know, I graduated and I was looking for jobs and stuff is looking at the starting salaries for jobs that required a bachelor's. And then a lot of the times the entry level jobs didn't even require a bachelor's. And I remember a lot of times just kind of thinking like, why did I even go and do this if I didn't have to? Which I feel like in the long run, it's like, you know, seeing as that I decided to do law school stuff probably good that I got the bachelor's out of the way like on track but it's just kind of frustrating when you first come out and you see all these postings that are like we require an associate's degree or we require a high school diploma and you're like I went through four years of college and so I think I think that's something to consider too where it's like look at the jobs and see if they require a bachelor's 
And if there's a job you're interested in that just doesn't, don't do it. Definitely. And I think that that's something that is like 2020 hindsight. I think that that's something that we didn't know going into it because so many people were kind of pushing like, oh, you have to get a college education to get a good paying job, to get something that's going to be steady for you, so on and so forth, to get something that's going to offer you upward mobility. And that's another thing is I feel like, quite honestly, within some fields, there's not enough upward mobility to justify the cost of going to college. For some things, there is not enough upward mobility and not enough opportunities to move up within a company or within your field to justify that college degree. Yeah, I think kind of what you were saying with that is, I think I got the messaging that if you didn't go to college, you wouldn't be able to feed yourself or how like get housing. Like if you didn't go, which could possibly be my 18 year old brain exaggerating the risk. But I basically thought that if you didn't go to college, you would essentially like be homeless and not be able to survive. I think schools need to do a better job of like giving a more well-rounded explanation, being like, no, like if you pick the right trade or, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to like get food and get housing and like, you know, if you want to like have kids and stuff, because it's like, I don't know, remember, but at one point I was like looking at how much like plumbers make and stuff. And it's like, they make a lot of money. Is it something I'd want to do? No, but I feel like there might be that one kid who's like thinking, I guess I have to go to college to get a live, like to, you know, be able to afford the cost of living where it's like, I think if schools did a good job of like presenting all the options, the kid could be like, I could be a plumber instead. I could be an electrician. And it's like, they'd, they'd still be okay. Yeah. And you know, I can't remember if it was when I was doing research for this particular podcast or if it was when I was listening to some other podcast, but I do remember one time I heard this like story where it was essentially comparing if you became a doctor and if you became a plumber, at what point would your like overall earnings or overall like, I don't know exactly how to say this, but however much money you have overall, I guess like your net worth, at what point would your net worth be equal? And I believe it was something like 15 or 20 years into the profession. So, and a lot of that's because if you're a doctor, obviously you need to go and you need to study for so long and you accrue so much debt because of that. Whereas if you're a plumber, you're not really accruing that much debt and you're making pretty robust starting wages. And so they said like 15 or 20 years in is kind of where that splitting point happens and the doctor starts to actually earn more because they've paid off their debt and are able to invest. And I thought that that was just really interesting because that's something that was really shocking to me. Yeah, I think that kind of this whole conversation points to the fact of like, if you want to go to, you know, the four-year university and go be a doctor and like, that's for you, go do it. I think that what we need to do is, I think starting younger, we need to have better messaging about the trades, about community colleges, so that they're not as like, because I feel like this isn't everybody. And I don't think like I, you know, consciously like look down on them as like a worse profession. But I think I was concerned about the money aspect of salary afterwards. And I thought that you couldn't do that. And I think if we start younger, 
saying like these are careers that you can make a living on that I think quite possibly like more people would be interested like I think for me even if I did get that messaging in high school I probably would still go to the four-year university um just because looking at the trades that are out there like I'm personally not that interested in them but I feel like it could help a different kid yeah because I'm like I look at it and I'm I'm like if I had known about some of the trades I honestly think that there's pretty good potential that I may have gone into one that would allow me to use like some art related skills and so I think that the potentials there that like I may have gone and chosen something else but I mean you know I'm happy with where I'm at now so that's okay but in terms of like educating kids and making sure that kids know their options. I think that one of the things that's really important too is to offer a lot of opportunities to shadow people. Like I wish that that's something that they would have reinforced and done more prior to college because I think that otherwise you can't really see what somebody's day is like and you don't really know everything that you're getting into. So I wish that they would have offered more opportunities for kids to go and shadow the professions that they're interested in. That definitely makes sense because I think just in general, it's hard enough to try and figure out what you want to do. Um, and so I think being able to go see that in person can help you figure out if you want to do it. Um, kind of along the same note is informational interviews. Like I've done a few of those with different lawyers. And I think it really helps because I know two of the lawyers that I talked to both practiced in the same area of law, but in kind of like different practices. Like one was a downtown, worked at a downtown firm and one was like a little outside of the city. And I felt like they're, even though they're doing the same thing, I feel like there's a different vibe of like the, I don't know if the intensity, but it just felt like a little different, like talking to the two different people. And I feel like that can help too, because you can see like, do I want to do the profession? Do I want to be in that area? And also you could think of like, what type of environment do I want to work in? Like, do I want to work downtown? Do I want to work more like suburban? And I think that, you know, talking to people is a good way to do it, which like, I'm introverted. I'm terrified of new people, but like, <laughs> I still was able to do it. And I think... It doesn't hurt too just to ask around with like friends, family, like just random people that you know to be like, hey, do you know anyone that does this? Because I feel like it it's slightly easier if you like have that connection than just kind of like cold calling or emailing someone or something being like, hey, you want to talk to me? So it's like if you want to talk to someone but like are a little too nervous to just send an email to a random person, that's one way to do it is because – I think I heard it once where it's like, you know somebody who knows somebody that's doing what you want to do. And so you just kind of have to ask around. Definitely. I think you're definitely right with that because people will be more willing to talk to you if they have some sort of personal connection to you. So cold calls and stuff, that's honestly extremely brave and I can definitely respect the fact that people do that like you might have done that Leanne but oh no 
no, of course not. My introverted self would die. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I went the second route where like my mom knew someone, and then she w- has been a lawyer for a while, and she put me in contact with these people. I personally, at this point, would not be cold emailing anybody, but. <laughs> But, like, if you want to, like, cold reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, like, mad respect to you. I think that that takes a lot of bravery. But I think that you're right in that you really do want to see, like, somebody who's in the profession and kind of get their perspective on things. And so just to kind of wrap this up, I know that we have kind of, like, talked a little bit about the cost of college. But to kind of wrap this up and give you a little bit more perspective as to traditional four-year universities and kind of what the overall cost is. Um, Private schools, and this is based on a statistic from a couple years ago, I believe it was from 2016, which I don't know why. They had some statistics that were from like updated years and then some that weren't. So, but I believe this may be a slightly outdated statistic, but they said that it was roughly $53,000 to go to a private university with fees and public in-state was typically around $2,000 or no, $25,000 with fees. So you can see that there's a pretty big difference there. Um, If you chose to go out of state for a public university, it'd be roughly $42,000 including fees. But they said that the overall cost including like loans loss of income because if you're going to school and not working a professional job they said that it could exceed over four hundred thousand dollars which i thought that was a pretty shocking statistic but just to give you some perspective on how much a traditional four-year university costs nowadays there is that and one thing to keep in mind is also the salaries that we're seeing now will likely continue to rise throughout time as inflation increases. So what you're starting off with now may not always be your salary forever. What I think about, or what I think is interesting about those statistics is that if even if they are like a few years old, that you know that that number's only going to go up. And so it's, I think it's a hard decision, too, because I feel like a lot of people, this is what they want to do. And I think a whole different discussion is um, affordability and what to do about this. So I feel like that's for a whole separate time. But I think that's one of the problems with education that needs to be addressed is like just tuition and how it just keeps going up. So it's like, I think... I think people should be aware of how much it, it costs, but also, like, if that's what you want to do, don't let it stop you. Yeah, and keep in mind that a lot of those are ticket prices. Um, I know I saw a couple years back on the news where some school said that they were only going to charge you pretty much, like, what it would be after scholarships and stuff, and it was, like, $18,000, So it was definitely more affordable. So keep in mind, like scholarships can make your schooling significantly more affordable, especially if you're somebody who has really good grades. Um, A lot of the times there are academic scholarships out there for you. And a lot of the times your schools will offer scholarships if you're somebody in high school. So that's just something to keep in mind. You know, don't let 
those numbers scare you off if you're really hoping to go into a job that requires a four-year degree. We hope that you enjoyed the discussion on college trades and options. And if you have any thoughts, feel free to share them with us. Kaylee, what are we going to be reading? For our book club, we're going to be reading Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. And that episode will be dropping on April 5th. So feel free to read along and participate in that discussion. Feel free to contact us through our email or Instagram. And don't forget to review Zillennials Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Zillennials Podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.